You are listening to We Woke Up Like This. I'm Reverend Joya. And I'm Reverend Celia. And we We are loyal to loving and supporting soul awakening in every human being. Well, hello, hello again, dear listeners. I am by myself today. This is Reverend Joya, and I am interviewing Reverend Heather Elizabeth on We Woke Up Like This Today, and I'm so excited to speak with you and find out everything there is to know about you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a surprise to be on the show, and I feel so grateful to be in your presence. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm grateful Mm -hmm. to be in yours. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So let's begin the conversation by asking you what spiritual spirituality means to you or what is having a spiritual awakening means to you. So either one of those questions and and where you feel like you want to go with that. Yeah. So that question has really evolved uh, for me over the years, but currently spirituality means to me really being connected into the inner body and really understanding the wisdom in the channel of what the body brings into spiritual life. I think growing up um, without even knowing it, we're taught how to be spiritual in the mind, how to think about things, how to calculate things. And through my own spiritual awakening, that's probably lasted about two decades Um, The thing that I just keep getting hit with is it's in the body. It's in the body. It's in the body. Mm, Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So connecting the inner body, what does that mean? Or what does that feel like for you? Oh, that is a good question. Um, And it's, and it's best, most powerful state. It feels like joyous electricity. It feels like this uh, internal to external expansion and really colliding with things that um, can't be thought about or experienced in the mind. And so it takes you from this central point of separateness and suffering, you know, I'm not enough or I'm too much. And it brings you into this state of beauty with complete connection with not just yourself, with not just other humans, but the God and goddess of all things, the the oneness that all of us truly are beneath this perception of I'm separate, I'm unworthy, I'm unloved. That's so beautiful. You said so much. I love joyous electricity. That's such a beautiful way to describe it. So tell me, tell us, tell our listeners like about your journey. Have you always been spiritual? Is it something you return to? Or did you have like go from one extreme of life to a totally another extreme of life? Well, I've always been pretty spiritual, except for the two decades when I was, you know, kind of a self-proclaimed atheist and just really disconnected from um, my soul and inner being. Um, When I was really young, like really young, under the age of four, I just remember speaking to these beings of, of great magnitude, it felt like. And I always found them when I felt really scared or alone and I would just kind of close my eyes and I could see what I I perceived as a face. And when I was eight years old, I 
remember going through my first spiritual awakening, just kind of looking at the stars and just feeling the magnitude of it all being like, I'm not going to be here in a hundred years, but you know, something outside of me will be here. And it just kind of confounded my perception of who I was. And um, I grew up kind of in a Christian type of religious, you know, aspect. And I, I really enjoyed that because those were the only people who would talk to me about God. And all I wanted to talk about was God and expansion, even at a really young age. And I found a spirit in the church that I really liked and it felt very real to me. Um, It felt like that joyous electricity, but, you know, the confines of modern religion and spirituality were really kind of holding me off from a lot of my inner body. You know, I think most of the modern churches are completely disconnected from their body and they don't even know it exists. And if they do know it exists, they like to shame it and tell you to not enjoy it or to not touch into your natural human desires and pleasures and, you know, ways of being that have been really lost through harshness and mistreatment and in a lot of ways. So um, yeah. And then when I was around 15, I had another spiritual awakening. And instead of fully waking up, I took a lot of um, pharmaceutical medications because I was really afraid of how expansive um, that feeling felt, especially at that time. And there was a lot of trauma trying to get integrated back into my body. And so I went into the darkness, you know, the absolute darkness for two decades and friendly reminder, the darkness is not bad or evil. Um, It's really the place to start to awaken and uncover your real truths because they're hidden in the shadows. And if you don't have those, you don't have true connection to yourself and the inner body. So um, yeah, it it led me on a two decade long (laughs) disconnect from my soul, from God, from everything that is good and worthy of feeling. And I just recently actually got off my last pharmaceutical medication a couple months ago after about a decade of tapering. Um, It would have been quicker if it could have been, but it, it couldn't. And so I'm here really finding out what it means to be in the inner body and really sitting with the discomfort of it. So I can integrate that discomfort into absolute beauty. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Um, That whole journey just blows my mind. And when you said like looking at the stars when you were eight and having those thoughts and that expansiveness, it just goes to show how intelligent we are in our bodies when we're young, right? And we get and we allow ourselves because we're not judging ourselves for having the experiences that we're having in our bodies. And with those thoughts and those expansive, that expansive feeling, that expansion that comes in. And I also love how you said friendly reminder, the darkness is not bad. And it made me really see like, um, how you were like such a light and so spiritual. And then it's like, you kind of like close that door to Absolutely. go into this labyrinth of exploration, right? Yeah, I, I had to close that door. Um, it was a real crossroads at 15, and it would have been maybe even a little more difficult to not go on the drugs um, at the time. Mm. And it was a conscious closing because it just it felt like I if I didn't 
take these drugs, I would die. And there's a lot of truth in that. I definitely would have had to. And I needed to understand what it meant to really be shut down and, and shining my light and sharing that with others and how truly painful that experience is and how that is the true root of all suffering is not being able to share your true and authentic self. And I think that's, you know, a modern day societal issue that most people might not even be completely aware of. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And having been completely lost in that darkness, I know that feeling. And I really honestly think that if I was a little bit younger, even 10 years younger than I am now, when I went through all of the stuff that I went through in my early 20s, late teen, early 20s, I would have definitely been on a pharmaceutical drug. But back then, they weren't as prevalent as they are now. So that's why I'm like, I don't judge people's experience. I'm like, you don't know what somebody, well, number one, their soul's path in choosing it. When you're sharing your story, I really saw this clear image of you like stepping into this room and turning around and just like closing the door. And like, as you're going through this darkness, I totally envisioned you like, as you're traveling through this darkness, that you're like lighting one candle at a time. Yeah. As you're finding your way, mm-hmm. like I really just saw yeah. the feeling. It was so interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that and for sharing your truth because I love this. Um, you know, it almost sounds like a journey back to your body, back to your trusting, your inner trusting. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's that trusting that has been the key component to you all of my spiritual work, you know, when, when you're not in trust, you're just really in that vibration of fear and misery and nothing good is coming for me. And I'm cut off from all that is good. And trust is a feeling, you know, it's not a, an agreement or this external type of mind manipulation. It's a feeling, a literal feeling in the body. And once you can start feeling into that, that's when things get really good. I love that you say that trust is a feeling. And I feel like that, I feel like it is too. Like it's a vibration that I'm sending out. Absolutely. And for me, I have it that trust feels, um, trust, trust for me is accompanied with a sense of surrender that I can relax into the unfoldment of what is. Yes. How do you have trust? I'm curious. It's, it's a feeling that guides you. Like it is a vibration. I'd also say it's a, it's a magnetism. And when you're not feeling that you're just thinking, 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 planning, planning, planning. And for anyone who's tried to do that, it's, you know, a fool's errand because what always shows up is much more powerful and much more beautiful and something that you literally could never plan. Even being on this podcast, I could have never planned this. I didn't expect to be here, but it is that unfolding, that opening, right? That receiving when we're really co-creating with the universe, that's when the good stuff really starts being brought to us and we don't have to effort for it. Mm. I feel that so much. And it, it really, I, I said um, to my friend, I said this just the other day, I said, you know what it feels like? I was trying to explain it to her because she was like not getting it. And I said, I said, did you ever see Finding Nemo? And they're like trying to get to, to where they need to get to go. And then they hop into this current and everybody who's in the current is like, woohoo, we're like in this current. We're yes. taking this current. Like it feels like that. <laughs> yeah. 
that's that's such a good analogy too I feel like everyone that's like the best part of finding Nemo is those turtles just like you (laughs) know (laughs) (laughs) like everyone wants to be those turtles who are like you know they have no worries and they're just going wherever the the current takes them and I think that's such a good analogy for life because we try to control so much and that's when we that's when we get out of the current. The moment we try to put blocks up and think about it, that's when we're out of the current and we try to think ourselves back into the current and it's really just a flow back into it. It's a complete surrender. Yeah, it totally is. And I you know the mind, the hum- the brain mind, the thinking mind, let's call it because we have other minds bought in our body. And I can't wait to get into this conversation with yes. you about the embodiment process that you've gone through and your practices that you do. But I agree with you so much about the thinking mind and that the love, the, the healing of the heart, the healing of spirit, the getting in contact with spirit cannot be done at the level of the thinking mind and the thinking brain is the causer of all of the problems. And then if we're, and the other thing, I'm like the only job of the human brain is to answer, to seek, to answer the questions we ask it. So if we're always asking what's wrong with me, what's wrong with this, what's wrong with that, the brain is like, let's, let me find what's wrong and let me create what's wrong for you because this is what you're putting in. Yeah. And something that's just been coming up for me lately, especially it came up when I was eight, having that first spiritual awakening and was really connected into Christianity there. I remember playing basketball and not wanting to miss because I wanted to be perfect like Jesus, right? It was this mind adaptation of what I thought perfection was or could be. And the deeper I get into spirituality and figuring out what it means to be in the body, it's the embodiment that you're already perfect mistakes and all. And especially the mistakes, the mistakes are the things that really bring you the biggest um, pearls and, and the biggest things that really enlighten you. And without those mistakes, you cannot exist in that state of perfection that you already have given to you. And, you know, to just never idolize anything outside of yourself, because it's only inside of you. It's only in that inner body. And the deeper you get into those layers of shadow the greater that light is able to shine from inside to the outside. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I love the the concept of perfection. And I do. I work with a lot of people who struggle with perfection and that energy of I do. perfectionism and the and how it gets you stuck in like oh I can't do anything until it's perfect, which I always say it's just a fancy form of procrastination. It's your brain trick. Yes. And it's you know, perfection. I say really the energy of perfection in the Aramaic, the word is gamira. And it means to be in pursuit of what's already perfect about yourself. So it's really this wow. energy of, of, of perfecting the self is really the energy of coming more and more and more at home in the body and in the spiritual part of ourself to become the fullest expression of ourself that we can be. And that this, this energy of perfection strives to bloom. It strives for love. It strives to just allow more and more unfolding to happen yeah. who you truly are authentically from within. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And it just kind of brought forth in me, you know, if, if Jesus is to be emulated, it's because he was the most Jesus he could be. Right? Exactly. He's the most connected to himself and, you know, the God self inside of him. And that that should be our emulation in our own beings and our own consciousness. 
I love that so much. He was the most Jesus he could be. That's exactly <laughs> it. And I want to be the most Joya I could be. And you want to yeah. be the most Heather Elizabeth you could be. Absolutely. Because we can't be anything else. We, I mean, we when we are, we suffer. You know, mm-hmm. how do you know you're not your truest self? You're still suffering. And you're probably in the mind only. Comparing, judging. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Completely. Comparison is such a thief of joy. Yes. Um, that's the biggest thief that could ever be because you could never be anyone but yourself. And oh my gosh. And we all are so like, this is the thing that I'm like, oh, if ever I could just walk around and like touch somebody's shoulder and have them step into a knowing, it would be knowing how tremendously unique they are and how miraculous it is to even be alive in a human body on this planet at this time. Amen. So that's rare. That's yeah. That's the only thing. I think that's the only thing worth any pointed effort or ease, if you will, in, in this life. And I think that's why we're here. I yeah. think that's the truest alignment, you know, that word that's tossed around, oh, alignment, alignment. It's like alignment only happens when your inner body is connected to your inner soul, that's it. And it's yeah. a feeling, it's a vibration. You, it cannot be thought about to get there. And that's, you know, that's just the way of, of creating more suffering for yourself and not being who you truly are. So how did you go back or tap back into in coming out of that uh, the dark night of the soul that you went through and traveling through your labyrinth and lighting all your candles that you came out the other side. And now what are your embodiment practices and how do you know, how do you know who you are? That is a very good question. Um, I'm still in discovery of that. There's still some layers I'm traveling into and, and kind of excavating, but you know, it's you when it starts to bring you something other than suffering. When it starts to bring you anything else that feels good or joyous or free from pain. You know, when when I was hitting rock bottom in 2017, it was right around um, that big solar eclipse that we had, and everything was just terrible feeling in my life and. I was slowly waking up to this concept of the inner body. I was listening to a lot of Eckhart and just hearing him say over and over again, the inner body, the inner body. And I was just like thinking, thinking, thinking about it. What is this inner body he's talking about? And I started getting closer and I realized that my inner body was full of excruciating pain. And it was just, I, my spine was just completely unaligned. My head was forward. There was just major, you know, kyphosis and lordosis and just extreme, extreme pain. All of my joints and fascia was just brittle and cracking. And it was just, it was a really uncomfortable and terrible somewhat experience. And the more I just sat with that pain and really tried to feel it and experience it, the more I'd be led to these things that brought me some joy. Um, I had I was a hair braider at the time. I did my first solo show and it was, you know, all in all pretty successful. And I asked myself at the end of it, I was like, did you enjoy this? Did you, did you love this? Is this like what you're meant to do? Mm -hmm. And I just sat with it and was like, I heard this knowing come through that said, I want to go back to school. And I didn't know what that meant. I thought it meant 
getting my master's in psychology because I had an undergrad in psychology, but that didn't ever feel right. And I was at a, a music festival braiding here. And the next day there was this herb walk that I was like, just destined to go to. I, you know, made, changed my whole schedule around it. And I went to the herb walk. I loved it. I was like semi-obsessed with it. And then the teachers teaching it, they invited, they had a school, you know, they had an herbalism school and it was like, it came in like that. And I had never expected to go back to school for herbalism and just finding those first little things that light your body up, that excite you. That's how, you know, it's meant for you when it makes you feel good inside. And it's a feeling of yes, Mm -hmm. that's when, you know, the magic is, is starting to unfold for you. Yeah, that it lands like that for me too. I always say if it if it feels expansive, it's a go. And if it feels yes. contracting, it's a no. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've come to really learn to listen to that. Yeah. And I'm a sacral generator. So my yeses are like these deep magnetic pulls and knowings. And my no's, you know, that was going back to school for a master's in psychology was an absolute no. It was like a mind thinking of this is what you should do to be successful and have other people respect you. And, you know, going to this very off the grid herbalism school, my mind was like, why would you do that? And my whole body was like, you have to, like, this is meant for you. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. I love that. And for those of you who are listening, who don't know what a sacral generator is, she's talking about human design and that's how, you know, your yes or your no yes. is that feeling. And I'm a, I'm a four, six manifesting generator. So mine okay. is feeling authority. So I know that yeah. I get really excited about everything. And then I'm like, mm, I need to wait a couple of days and see how I really feel about this. And when yeah. I learned that about myself, it was so freeing to know like, oh, I'm not flaky. It just takes me a little yes. bit to understand my feelings and how to ride the waves of my feelings to know how yeah. I actually feel about something. Yeah, that's that's the the magic of human design and gene keys is it teaches you things that you should already deeply know about yourself. But if you put any mind on it, you might feel some shame or discomfort around how you do things, how you process it. And then when you get that download of like, oh, this is just how it's meant to be, then you can be so free in that expression of your true self. Yeah. And that's, I love human design and I love Gene Keys even more, which I'm sure you know, and everybody knows. Oh, yeah. knows that's me. how I found you. It was the Gene Keys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on my YouTube. And yeah. I love that. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm committing to creating more videos about it because now that I've been doing the work more and more and more, and I've been drumming my gene keys and I sing them every yes. day. And I'm, I, so I love what you, what we were talking about, about the trusting the flow. And when you get into that current, like that led you to herbalism school, you're at a music festival, you go to this thing and all of a sudden you're like, this is, this is the path and yeah. you just feel it and you just know, and it doesn't make any sense. But when you say yes to it and it's your sacred expression, right? I'm like, we don't, when everybody says, what's your purpose? I'm like, your purpose is not what you're doing. Your purpose is not your job. Our our only purpose is to awaken to what we've been talking about and then to find your ways of expressing to be the most you, you can be right. So your Gene Keys chart is probably helping you express the most of what you can be. And mine does too. And it's really the, um, 
as I practice more and more of repatterning my cells into understanding my gifts and my in, my enlightenment states, right? And that's really what it's about is stepping into this potential of enlightenment that I think the vibration of the planet now is facilitating more and more people to be the most that they can be and to become enlightened leaders and to stand in the authority of, yes, I'm an herbalist and I'm a reverend and that's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and just to kind of follow up with that again, it's, it's not what you do. You know, I wear so many hats, herbalism, reverend, I'm a coach, I'm a breath worker. I'm so many things, but the only thing that anyone actually cares about on a real level is how authentic I'm bringing forth myself, right? That's my highest teaching. That's the highest point of awakening. And my, my own personal opinion is how you can you be and how much of yourself can you bring to all of your, your interests and your pursuits, you know, outside of yourself. But, you know, you're, you're becoming the coachiest coach you can be of yourself, right? You're becoming the most breath workery breath worker of yourself. <laughs> and, you know, I've just found um, I'm, I'm a real individualist and I, I do best kind of alone and with my own kind of stuff. It's, you know, again, part of my gene keys and design. And the more of my weirdness I bring into these spaces that already have these you know, their own indoctrination of how you think breath work should be right. Laying down or doing it one way or another, the more weird you are in yourself and authentic you are, the more you teach even to your own teachers, right? Just being a student in their class, being yourself is going to sometimes upset them, but in a good way and in a state of awakening. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, I have such a, um, I have a really, I'm very witty and I have a really great sense of humor and I love to laugh. And so when I'm in, in like really serious spiritual classes or I'm with people, I will always make everybody laugh. And I'll always think of something really funny because that's just how my brain works. And so I love that, 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 and that is authentic, right? It's showing up mm -hmm. as your authentic self. And I feel like when, um, when a person does that, it like lights Going back to that light analogy, that light in you that's authentically you lights up and, and mirrors back to somebody else the permission to do the same thing, to be yeah, who absolutely. they truly are in a situation. Absolutely. That's, that's actually the feedback I've gotten the most when I am showing up authentically. And I ask people, you know, how did this help you or, you know, shift you in any way? They're like, you showing up like that gave me real permission because you're a real weirdo, Heather. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> You're, you're pretty weird. You're a little out there in a lot of your ways. And when, when you can do that in your way, I can do that my way. Right. It's like on my gene key on my, uh, not my gene keys, but my YouTube videos, when I'm teaching people to tone or to sing or to sound it out, I'm like, I will demonstrate how freaking weird it is and how, yeah. because it is amazing to me. Well, it's not amazing because I remember how that felt when I first started doing this work and doing it with other people. I was like, this is really weird and this is really uncomfortable. And it almost feels like getting naked in front of people that yeah. I don't know to allow authentic expression to come out of the body where I'm just like, Wah! like that's yes. how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and we have shut down our voices and our expression yeah. of our voices so much. And I think that was one of the biggest parts of inspiration and, and me finding you was, was the drumming and the vocal toning. When I was 30 years old, I'm 36 now. 
I asked the universe to really help me find my authentic voice because mine was shut down. If I, if I sang, I would cry and they weren't even my own tears. They were like the tears of my mother and my grandmother from their voices being shut down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had this idea of this kind of perfect voice, like Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston. And it's just, I'm going to have to cough. If you feel like you need to um, just take a take a rest and not talk that anymore, and we can do, re- do like finish the conversation later, that's totally fine too. Whatever you need to do, I actually might need to. I feel like my throat is like yeah. Now it sounds all scratchy. It's really scratchy right now. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. That's very, very very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, hello again. We are back here with a part two with Reverend Heather Elizabeth, because in the middle of our conversation talking about singing and the throat chakra, she burst into a uh, throat issue that left us having to go into a part two. (laughs) Perfection. Yeah. So let's talk about that throat activation and activating the throat chakra and what that means for you, what that has been for you and what it continues to mean for you. Yeah. So I think I mentioned this before, but if not, I'll mention it again. Um, Around the age of 30, I was really asking, you know, everything, if you will, to really bring my authentic voice forward and not knowing what that meant and having a lot of fear around it. And also, supremely hating, you know, the vibration and frequency of my voice. Um, I knew it needed to be resolved, even if I didn't know what that meant or looked like. And I got some messages from, you know, my guides that were telling me just to sing, right? Not worrying about what it sounds like, just sing and bring that joy through and not to worry about what it sounded like or felt like. And when we left off, we were talking about um, Mariah Carey, right? I was like, I don't have a voice as good as Mariah Carey. And I remember mentioning this to one of my my closest friends who's, you know, a little more in the darkness and goth side of things. And I talked about not sounding like Mariah Carey. And she goes, Heather, thank God. <laughs> like, just like blanket statement thank goodness you don't sound like Mariah Carey. And it, it made me laugh and giggle. And I was like, you're right. You're, you're really right. And some of my most favorite vocalists like Bob Dylan, um, they don't have these pretty beautiful voices, but what they do have is authenticity and you can feel their vibration through the words and frequencies that they're tapping into And so it allowed me to open up to even the ugliness of my voice and that, you know, impure style of singing that's not on every note and just, you know, Whitney Houston bellowing up into the heavens. It's this different authenticity. Both are good. Both are valid. But the only thing that anyone, especially myself, needs to bring forth is their own authentic voice and and soul level frequency. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. It's that you're speaking my language completely in that. And um, 
there's a song that I just love. I heard it many years ago when I was in my twenties. Uh, there was a, like an alternative radio station in Hawaii that they would play like the B sides and just really funky songs that weren't really popular. And there was a song that I heard by Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash singing together called girl from the North country. I'd heard that song before, but I'd never heard the two of them singing it together. So you'll have to look up that duo because what is so beauty beautiful about it is they're, they're inharmonious voices coming together in a way that was just like this really raw, beautiful, just, it's just, it was very touching. It's very touching because exactly what you said, they're singing from that authentic place. And that's really become my passion. And it's so funny because, um, you know, I started studying with Gita Bin David and I really just discovered voice and like using voice for vibration uh, as sound from the inside out and how powerful that is. And I was thinking, you know, not too long ago, actually, I was like, oh, I wish I, you know, like if I could have one voice, I wish I could just like sing like a bird or just like Amy Winehouse or just have one of those really beautiful, sultry voices. But then I realized it was like, God was like, no, you don't get to have that because when you're, when you just sing authentically, like you do, and you have people come together in singing groups and you're not sounding like a perfect angel, it gives other people permission to sing too. Yes. Yeah. That's actually this, the very similar message that I got was when you're not perfected, when you are raw, which means you're unrefined, right? You haven't sung the scales over and over to perfection, you're allowing everyone else to have their authentic voice, which is imperfect, right? Even, even Mariah Carey has imperfect voices and sounds. It's just, she's in an industry that perfects it to this, you know, standard that is really unrealistic. And what we need are realistic voices starting to allow themselves to be free. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And every voice is 100% unique, just like our fingerprints and our irises and our brains and how they're wired. Our voices have a voice print too that are just completely unique, a unique frequency just to you. And they're all beautiful. And then what's amazing is when you get a group of people together and everybody starts singing just one note and holding it, the power and the magic that happens in that vibration and in that resonance with a group is so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Soloists are great, but vocals that are really bringing everyone in and together, that is our highest frequency. That's our, you know, our God voice, if you will. I agree a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I see you have a drum behind you as we're talking. (laughs) Tell me about your love of drumming and how that is informing your life too. Yeah. So drumming came through in my second round of breathwork training. Uh, My teacher had a black drum and I had just switched into frequencies of white and light pink because they were colors I had never um, worn before. I kind of refused them for my own reasons. And I found this white drum that looks like a moon and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I didn't know exactly why I wanted it, but I, I got it immediately And it was more of a decoration for years, just kind of behind my home office. And it was just something I knew that was coming for me even before I really practiced and played it. And I read a book called When Women Were Drummers by an incredible woman. I think her last name is Raymond. I can't remember. uh, Lynn Redmond. Lynn Redmond. There it is. That is it. 
And she goes through the history of this drum and how, you know, women were not just drummers, but they were these kind of spiritual openings for, for everyone. And, you know, the goddess, which has been largely taken out of society. And it was just a reconnection to the roots of my femininity and a lot of the placeholding I have held in, in many of my lives. And uh, it's actually one of the connections I found with you is that you drum the, um, the gene keys and drum your own kind of authentic kind of DNA blueprint, which was just wild. And I was immediately obsessed with it, even though I didn't exactly understand how to do it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm in the middle of creating a course that's more detailed because when I, when I taught it on YouTube, I was like, it's really kind of for people who understand or get the yes. drumming already. So I'm, I'm in the middle of creating a course because it is so powerful and I do it every day as part of my meditation practice. And um, I have clients who do it, who've seen tremendous changes just in doing that because of the, well, you know, the vibration of your voice and the vibration of a drum and the vibration of our, even just speaking and saying affirmations in a certain way are really powerful. And you do the gene keys and human design as well. So, you know, how knowing that uh, is really powerful foundation for your own yeah. life. Yeah. So how do you work with people? What is your modality? That is a good question. Um, it's, you know, ever evolving, but, you know, I am a coach, I am a breath worker, but really I like to get into a space with people and have them access their bodies more, you know, and it's, it's kind of a myriad of, of ways we do that. Obviously breath work is one of them, but just really allowing people to get present with what's coming up in their body and feeling those feelings, especially if they're anxiety or tension, these things that we don't really want to feel. We try to, you know, push it away and resist it. And in my own work, in my own body and my own practice, the only way to relieve yourself from these frequencies, so to speak, are to feel them, acknowledge them, and then allow the body to get rid of them when it's ready to. But most people are just holding on to old vibrations and we call them stories and that's fair, but they're these frequencies that are disresonant with our, our soul and what we're here to do. And a lot of people have, you know, in coaching, we call it blocks. And so it's like, what are your obstacles? What are the things that are going to keep you from this? But um, most of it's subconscious, right? Most of these blocks are from under the age of seven and, we don't have a mind knowing about them. We can't explain them. We've kind of forgotten them and have perceived them to be who we are now. So it's great to talk about things. It's great to discuss, you know, where you want to go and how you want to get there. But if you're not attending to these stuck frequencies, you're going to have a difficult time and you're going to try to force yourself into a specific patterning which is, you know, likely going to have a pendulum effect and rubber band you in a different way when, you know, you're resisting that frequency so hard, it's just going to go, you know, you're going to diet for a while and eat good foods. And then you're going to really stop wanting to do that. And you're going to go back and you're going to have a, a residual effect. So bringing people into the inner body is my, my highest of work, I would say. 
I love that. And I, you're totally right because we live in this world of duality. And if we're not in that space of, um, well, I call it the space of and where you're like in the, or the, you know, the Buddhists would call it the middle way, right? Where you're like, I'm in the and space where you can see that pendulum and how it swings both ways, this or that, either or, black or white, all or nothing. And that's such a human mindset and and way to think if we're not conditioned or not trained, actually. I mean, unless you're fortunate enough to have very awakened parents who allow you to like real help you realize that that that's what's going on. And um I love what you said about being in the body. And I know in the beginning of our conversation, we talked about that embodiment piece and being back home in the body and your own journey through the dark night of the soul and where that path led you and coming back out on the other side to help people be back embodied and be in their body. So share with our listeners, like, why do you want to be in your body? Why do you want to be with what is arising right now, right here without needing to change it? Well, personally for me, um, being in your body and being with everything that's present, that's, that is the now, right? If you're into spirituality, hopefully you've gotten on the tip of like, be here now, be present, be mindful, right? All of these words that we like to misconstrue in the mind. And it's important to me because soul speaks to you on the level of the body, right? It's it's where the real higher guidance comes from. Everyone wants to talk about higher self, higher self. And I like to call it um, truest self because it's actually the meeting between the highest self and the lowest self and where those selves kind of merge into oneness with each other. And if you are not inhabiting your body, you're not getting the direct feedback of where to go and how to navigate in that now moment. And if you're not in that now moment navigating, you're trying to control the experience and it's not going to turn out as good as you might have hoped. Yeah, there's like the, um, you know, in our brain and the way that the brain works, if we're not present, then we're living life really from memory backwards in the present moment because we're just constantly judging what's happening now by what's already happened versus if we train ourselves to really stay present to our senses and to the information that's all coming in, we change our experience because we can change what what kind of data we're letting in and how we're actually processing that. So let's talk about a little bit about um, presence power and how you utilize the presence and living forward and what that, what does that look like and mean to you? Yeah. When I'm really present and listening, um, there's, there's just this, this force, this magnetic force that's taking me forward. And when I'm not in tune with that, I am stuck. You know, I'm like trying to navigate what I think I should do. And it's this paradox that's actually moving me further from where I actually want and need to go. So it's this, and it it comes in differently for every person, I, I believe, but when I'm really open, when my heart's really open, when I'm really feeling all that I need to feel, um, most things that are meant for me come in like a, like a splat. You know, it's like a really hard pull 
you know, just like being on this podcast, I was actually talking to other people um, to potentially be on their podcast. And, and then this one popped up, you know, it's just this funny way the universe likes to open you up over and over again, where you think you're going to land or where you're planning to go is like, it's not really where you're supposed to be. And if you follow that path, it gets a little tricky and it gets sticky and you're wondering why you're there and not being received in the way you had anticipated. And when you open up that possibility and stop trying to control it, you're, you're led down that river effortlessly. That is so true. And I know from, you know, I'm 51 now. And so it's really fascinating to be able to look back and see all of the little like, oh, that was that and that was that and how it all, it almost feels like there's a force that was leading you all along. And every time I would get a little bit off track, it would like bounce me back to where I needed to be until now that I'm in the flow of that, that like, just like you said, that things unfold kind of in their own way and very naturally and people arise and and opportunities arise and all these things arrive that I could have never have planned myself. Yeah. You experience that as well. Yeah. It's, it's the beauty uh, the true beauty of how, how your manifestations come through, right? We think we want this, we think we're going for this. And it's like, the moment we surrender is the moment we really align with what we really wanted, what our soul really wanted. Well, and that's it, right? Because it's like the things that we think we want, if they do arrive and they do arise in your life, you realize quickly it was the wrong thing. Or in my experience, I'll always have, um, it's almost like, a, are you sure that's what you want? Are you sure? Here it is. Let's arrive it. Or let's give you a test in the exact opposite to see how much you really want that thing. Yeah. Can you repeat that? Cause it was important because it cut out right at that moment. <laughs> oh no, of course it did. It was the, um, the feeling of, okay. So like a perfect example is if I say that I want something or like, I'm ready for this thing that it will arise in the form of, um, of tests or as adversity or as yes. uh, stress that that's like, okay, well, here's your, and now I realize that when those things arise and I'm like, oh, this is my opportunity to practice that thing that I said that I wanted. Yeah. And it, most of us, whether we know it or not, and, and me, especially, um, I've actually been trying to manifest what I think I want from ego, right? Yeah. It's like this this inner struggle and I have to work so hard and grind into it and like make it happen. And the moment you're really in that river and that flow and, and letting it come to you, the tests stop testing you because you don't need it anymore. It's like, oh, you've learned the sacred lesson of absolute surrender and it's effortless, right? That's how you know you're in it. It's it's just, it's coming to you with absolute ease. Exactly. And we think we have to struggle for it. So we're like, got to do push it. And it's an interesting shift. And I would say you can only make that shift once you're in the body. And once you're really present and tuning into those messages from whatever you want to call it from yourself, your higher self, God, universe, spirit, source, whatever you want to call it, the surrender is in the body. And it's when you relax and stop tensing up so much, trying to make it happen. 
Yeah, I so agree with you because I really feel like now, you know, we live in a conscious universe that it responds to our vibration, not to what we want. And so when we say we want something or we have that energy of that, that sticky energy of wanting something, then it usually arrives in the form of uh, to validate that we don't have it. Right. Versus if we just allow with grace and ease and we start being right. And it's like in the materialism, the material things of the world, like you can force things and you can create things only to discover. And I've done this, that they're not going to make you any happier. They're not going to bring you that kind of inner peace that you thought you would have or the joy that you thought you would have when you get these things. It, It just creates more stress. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you're not in that place of receptivity and and joy beforehand, once you get it, you will still not be there, you know? And I think that's the real key. And it's, you know, the kind of issue I have with modern motivational speakers of, you know, get up even earlier and grind harder and do this thing more. It's like, you're actually wedging more of your own lack of self-worth and lack of trust and surrender that you already have it right you already have it you just haven't opened up enough to receive it yet if it's not quite there and so it's just such a subtle but key pivot and like ego to to true self and and just opening up in the most beautiful way And it, you know, it really also feels like the energy of the vibration of the planet is changing so much that it's really going much more toward heart to heart connections with people and unity consciousness. And, you know, and like when we start to vibrate up, you start to look around at the greed and this like accumulation of too much stuff. And it's so unnecessary. And it seems like there's plenty to go around when we all learn to find that inner peace and inner sanctuary that we really don't need that much externally. Yeah. Yeah. And also to be true for you. Yeah. My, the first coach I, I ever hired, you know, they were kind of coaching with, you know, prosperity gospel and, you know, like just raise your prices to raise your worth and all of these kind of, right. You know, a little sticky teachings, which are not all wrong in some capacity, but they're just, they're not the highest vibration and they're, they're more about closing a sale with the client and, you know, getting them into your container. So you have the money and, you know, I've, I've hired some clients like that and it was grueling the, you know, it was draining to me. It was not a real heart connection. It was like, Oh, yay money, you know? And once you really start to connect into the heart and soul of people, you don't have to sell anyone, right? You just have to really show up in in what you're offering and be that vibration and they will respond to that. No sales tactics. No, you have it for 24 hours and then you lose it. It's like, if you're really here to do the work and go into the inner body and into your truth, you're going to feel like you're missing out if you, if you don't, you know, choose to do this. And it's a really beautiful opening into a different kind of reality than what's being taught a lot on, on especially Instagram and platforms like that. Well, and I think that people like you and people like me and, uh, you know, a handful of other people that I know are starting to get that and realize like, 
no, this doesn't feel good. And the energy is going to change. And so everyone's going to have to find a different way to market because pretty soon people are just going to stop literally buying it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. People are exhausted by that. And yes. I, I had to go through that experience with that coach who, who was, you know, not just in the masculine, but was a male and also very successful in his own right on, on many accounts, but people are exhausted by being sold to because if you're being sold to in that way, it's not a real vibration, right? It's this this being sold to the mind, right? Once you get this, you're going to get this, which goes back into that vibration of, I don't have it. Yes. And I try to teach from that place of you already have it. If you're hiring me, it's because I'm a portal into what you know you want and you can feel that I have it. You, you want that and you want to be with me because support is, is crucial. It's, it's tantamount to success. Having someone give you that space to be truly you is a very unique experience for most people on planet earth, because most people, especially if they're selling to you are trying to manipulate you into a version of themselves that they're still kind of discovering. Yeah. That's what, you know, Celia and I, who usually do this podcast together, I always say we are so lucky that we found each other and it was a vibrational attraction, right? That we have each other to mastermind with, to share ideas with, to help each other to grow, to have deep soul conversations with. And, you know, I always tell him like, you're like the best coach I've ever had. And she's like, you're like the best coach I've ever had. So, And it's really just that honest seeing the highest in each other. And that's really what sounds like you're doing for your clients too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, after uh, my experience with that coach, I, you know, I had a course I released, I hired, you know, individuals and groups for coaching. And I ended up finding someone I've been working with for the past two years. We just do trades and it's that, you know, vibrational connection and it's, it's everything. It's, it's really important. I used to be you know, a, a lone wolf. I'll, I'll do it all myself. I don't need anyone. And that's, that's kind of the old ways too. It's like, maybe you don't need anyone, at least in that old way, but, but the value of having someone to see you and also call you on your stuff, you know, call you on the, the unalignments you're in or the ego strokes you're putting forth is, is really important. And to have someone to speak honestly into your life in a non-judgmental way is the key to real growth and expansion. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's, it's kind of like owning your own color in the rainbow, right? It's like, this is me, I'm this color. And then finding that person who's the complementary color and complementary colors bring out the best in each other. And it's like, that's, you know, that's what we want in relationship. And um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that. It's just, it's beautiful. And I love seeing you in that energy of that transformation that's changing and that's happening and that you're, you're like in it. Yeah. I'm in it and it's taken a long time. You know, I think that's the, the sell that, you know, coaches will give you if they're selling you is you can do it in three months. It's like, uh, probably not, you know what I mean? And you'll like, you're going to get stuck in this perpetual state of, am I there yet? Am I there yet? Instead of really learning how to be with yourself and 
discovering more about what makes you authentically you and, and why do people love you in that way? Not in why do they love you because you put on great makeup and clothes and now they think you're something special. It's like you connecting into how special you are because all of us are. It's kind of a miracle that you find when you find your own truth and speciality. You're like, oh, this is really it. Everyone is special, you know, like everyone has something so unique to bring here. And all they really need is to deeply understand that inside of the inner body. Yeah. I feel like everybody ultimately has the same, like we all have the same purpose as human beings and that's to awaken to the truth of our true nature and to find meaning in our own lives and what that means and how we express that there are infinite ways of expressing and manifesting because once we realize that our uh, that we are it that we are this we are a little we are the universe itself expressing like it's a wave arising out of us for a little while that we can do anything and how we ever how we express that is totally up to us and that it's that it should be fun for me anyway i love fun so it needs to be fun and freeing and uh, totally authentic but i also have like in my foundational gene key is transparency and intimacy so i know that that's about authenticity for sure so it's like that showing up so how can people find you what do you have going on and all those good things yes 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 so I'm primarily on Instagram. I've like just stepped back into that space and I'm still rediscovering kind of what people would call my new brand. Um, it's at Rev Heather Elizabeth on Instagram. My website is currently under construction. I think we call it, but that will also be um, revheatherelizabeth.com. And yeah, over the next few months or however long it takes, um, I'll be really looking to connect with individuals who are trying to find their way home. That's kind of the tagline of my whole everything is find your way home. And the only way to do that is through the inner body. So if you're on Instagram, check me out over there. And maybe sometime soon, my website will be up and ready to go. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. And we'll have to definitely have you where, what state are you in Heather? I'm in Florida. Oh, you're in Florida. You're on the yes. opposite coast of me. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I'm here in Arizona. It's like, oh, you'll have to come out for a retreat. And do oh, something. I'm looking to take, I'm looking to go to Arizona within okay. probably the next year. So just throwing that out there. Perfect. All right. Well, then we'll have to definitely stay in touch. So that'd be fun, a fun addition to all of the good things we have in the works over here on the West Coast. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I will definitely have links down below to your Instagram and to your future website so people can bookmark it and be able to find you and get in touch with you. Yeah, you thank any, you so much. Do you have any parting words of wisdom or anything that you would like as a takeaway for anyone who's listening? Yeah. Look inside yourself and, and nowhere else, right? Listen to everyone else, take in what they're saying, but if it doesn't resonate, throw it in the trash. And if it does resonate, take it inside of your body and figure out how to tailor make that message into your energy, right? Really be the alchemist of whatever comes in through a different channel and make it your own because that is what you're here to do. That's what we're all here to do is genuinely, authentically share our own vibration because that is what is needed to to make this earth a really healthy and happy place again. And I truly believe that 
not only can we do that, but we already are doing that. So thank you so much for having me, Joya. You are absolutely one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen on planet earth and your light and everything just shines in a way that um, is, is so uniquely you, but also so inspiring and really allows me the knowing that I'm, I'm in my right path on my way because I'm looking for more of that. Oh, I'm so grateful for those words. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I Thank humbly you. accept with gratitude for being myself. It's taken a while to get here and yeah. it continues to unfold. So I appreciate you seeing me. Thank you. Yes, yes, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. If you enjoyed this content, please like, share, and subscribe and leave a review on our website, wewokeuplikethis.com. And we invite you to come activate the world with us at our inaugural event, Vibrazer. Our mission is one billion voices raising the vibration of the planet to love. And our vision is to create a cosmic wave of love that ripples around the world and out into the cosmos. Your voice and your energy matter. Come participate in this divinely inspired event that is part ceremony, part concert, part dance, all joyful and fun. It is 122.23 in Mesa, Arizona, and you can find tickets at vibrazer.com. And this first event is featuring the amazingly talented Ma Muse and for our conscious dance party, DJ Taz Rashid. See See you there. there. Thanks for listening. Bye.